a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. You listen to the Inside Carolina podcast, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Write us, review us, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and on YouTube, however you get your podcast. And also support Johnny T-Shirt. Even after the Christmas holidays, you can still support them. They're still doing their best to give you all the Carolina gear. They can muster sales and everything. And, of course, 10% for your premium subscription at Inside Carolina. 7267 Inside Carolina postgame podcast. That would be the score of Georgia Tech, North Carolina. Carolina falls to five and four. I've got Michael Brooker with me. Brooke, uh, it seems like about like a broken record. Uh, your overall thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I feel like just saying the same thing every every time. So I don't know that I have anything really new to add, but just to reiterate, um, I mean, 18 turnovers is just – Obviously, that's been the story all year, and it'll continue to be um, the reason, you know, we struggle if we if we don't start taking better care of the ball. Uh, guard play's been really spotty from um, from that perspective. Um, the young guards, once again, shot it, I think, four for 17 tonight. And just obviously, it's impossible to get any kind of rhythm offensively and to get any kind of efficient, uh, you know, an efficient offense when you turn it over at the rate that we turn it over at. So... Um, you know, some promising individual uh, performances. Walton hit some big threes, obviously, second half that, that gave us that eight-point lead before we turned around and handed it back. Baycott did some really nice things, had a strong game. And, uh, Black showed some – Leakey showed some flashes, hit some shots. But um, defensively, obviously, was was a struggle to, to contain Alvarado and DeVoe where they each had 20 and shot it at a high clip. So – it's another tough night uh, on the road. Alvarado has worn Carolina out um, for years now, continues to do it. I, I told my wife watching the game, I said, Alvarado is going to win this game for Georgia Tech. And sure enough, Carolina left a minute for way too long. Let's talk about the positives um, because I think the biggest positive from tonight is also what I feel like one of the biggest negatives ultimately, and that's Kerwin Walton's performance. Hits three threes on three or four shooting. Um, is on the bench during crunch time. Um, during pivotal crunch time, he came back in, of course. But, you know, Dean Smith always said and always told you guys, you're open for a reason. Um, you still got to get the guys that can shoot it shots. And Walton had three or four. He's shown to be able to hit some big shots. Didn't do it against NC State. Didn't have a chance. Um, but tonight, only four shots. Mike, you mentioned the guard play earlier. Uh, looking at the stats, Davis one for seven, Caleb Love three for ten, and, and Playtech one for five. Uh, I mean, you you can't tell me from a coaching standpoint that you can't get your best shooter more shots. Uh, explain that to me. 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, obviously, uh, the the zone that their zone gives us problems. I know we've won nine of the last eleven games. Uh, I, I was shocked to see that stat. To be quite honest with you, because every time I go to Atlanta, I feel like we lose. Um, and last year we got blasted. But um, I don't know. Those guys. He needs to be ready to catch and shoot more. I think we need to get him in rhythm more. Um, Twenty two minutes is probably the most he's played. Which you know, the way he was shooting late, he probably could have played a few more there, uh, been on the floor um, when Playtech got subbed out. But um, he obviously is a, is a bright spot on the perimeter right now. Uh, I don't know if, if, if defensively he has issues. I, I don't know. But I, I like it when he's out there. I feel like when he shoots, it's got a great chance to go in. And unfortunately, right now, there's not a lot of guys that we can say that about from the perimeter. But, you know, we did we did go eight for 20 from three, which is better than we normally do, which is a good, you know, what, 40% clip. Um, didn't shoot it overall. Uh, overall percentage wasn't great. I think it was mid-40s or whatever. Uh, free throws, second half, weren't great. Um, I don't know. I, I like him being out there. I, I don't have see him every day at practice so I don't know what he, you know how good he is defensively I mean he, he seems to be relatively active and long so um I don't know like I said I like I like to see him shoot it uh it has a tendency to go in more more so than some of the other guys that we got throwing up shots so um hopefully he'll continue to get more minutes and continue to take advantage of those when he gets them yeah, Dewey always says – we used to talk about Cam Johnson, and, of course, he's nowhere near that level. But I mean, every time you shoot, you think he's going in. And they can't get enough shots. I think Walton is the one guy on this team. R.J. Davis, maybe. But but Davis has really struggled, struggled tonight. But when Walton shoots, it's one of those you feel like it's going in. And he proved it with three for four. Um, you mentioned the turnovers. The turnovers are brutal. Uh, I mean, they, they're not going to win games. Looking at the box score, you had one, two, three, four, five guys with three apiece. Um, and then you had Sharp, Walton with one apiece. And then uh, looks like Brooks had one down at the bottom of the of the chart. What did you think about the, the starting lineup change? Uh, Roy Williams does not make wholesale changes to the starting lineup. He'll do it during games, but not the starting lineup. What was your thought there? I was very shocked, to be quite honest with you, when it popped up on Twitter there uh, 15, 20 minutes before game time, especially three guys. You know, it's one thing occasionally, you know, one guy maybe. Um, Duke does it a lot. Uh, Coach Williams, like you said, does not do it a lot. Uh, likes to keep that continuity, but I think something had to change. And I think early on it worked. The guys seemed to be a little more active. Leakey came out and seemed to be a little more active and made a few shots, and um, things seemed to be uh, heading in the right direction. But uh, – I don't know. I think defensive, uh, the defensive lapses ultimately, you know, it's a pick and roll and then we don't rotate out to a shooter, to a DeVoe or to an Alvarado or to an Usher. And next thing you know, a good defensive possession turns into a wide open three, you know, play good defense for 15, 20 seconds and then give up a wide open three. I think they shot, you probably have these stats, but they were 15 out of 25 in the second half and six out of nine from three. I mean, 60% from the field and 67% from the three. And we could not get a stop. Um, and ultimately, that was our undoing. Yeah, I mean, it looks – looking at the stats, they were 61 and a half from the field. Like you said, 67 from three. They only shot they, – they kept Carolina in it, not hitting some foul shots down the stretch. I mean, they had 34 possessions, scored 19 times. They – 1.26 per possession in the second half. That's that's strong. Uh, Carolina on the flip side 
just in case the stat geeks are out, Carolina was .94 points per possession in the second half. There's your ball game. I mean, that's a five-point game there. And that's how you turn a five- or six-point deficit into a five-point win. Um, looking down the road, now, uh, Syracuse game on the second is canceled um, or postponed, however the ACC is couching those things. Um, this team is going to play some more tough ACC games. How difficult is it for especially a young guy, young guys, to improve in this type not just the losing, but everything else is going on. I know it's uncharted, certainly um, for anybody watching, but, I mean, how do you get better? How do you shake um, these blues and get some confidence in these days? I think it's tough. I think losing some of those games early on has been detrimental to the young guys, especially just getting any type of, you know, seeing a lot of success and feeling good about yourself and kind of building off that positive you know, those positives and those games where you, you know, have 15 and you beat somebody by 25 or something. We, we haven't had those this year because they've gone directly into tougher games, ACC games immediately almost, and, and just um, haven't had a chance to really see a lot of things go well and to build off of that. Um, and, and we are really young. And we started three freshmen tonight, first time I think since 07. Um, and a couple more coming off the bench, you know. So we got a lot of guys that are major contributors that are young, and they're just kind of thrown into the fire in a really unique year uh, without a lot of games to build up uh, continuity and, and reps and, and whatnot, and, and it's showing right now. Just, um, you know, a lot of teams that are young right now, the Kentuckys, the Dukes, us, that are playing a lot of freshman players and that are highly talented guys are, are struggling mightily this year. So um, I don't know that it's going to get any easier. I don't think it will. It's going to continue to be a challenge, and they're just going to have to continue to learn and be baptized by the fire. Yep, and you're right. That's the thing, and people forget that. In this era of all these young guys, um, one and done era, whatever you want to call it, the teams that have experience this year are the teams that are doing well. Uh, I mean, Georgia Tech's not very good, but they beat Carolina. And But you look at the teams of Gonzaga's and, and Kansas, they've got some experience, especially in the backcourt. Um, and, and Carolina doesn't have it. It's crazy mixed-up season, but these wins and losses count for however long this season goes on, and Carolina's now 5-4. and four. Uh, We can wrap this one up pretty quickly. Let me ask you one more question just to get your thoughts. Uh, you coach basketball. You see guys – a plenty. What do you think about getting Caleb Love off the ball? I haven't seen it much, but I see a guy that he's thinking too much when he's got to run the offense. What's your thoughts there? I think that's not a bad idea. Um, you know, I think a couple of times a night it appeared he may have been off the ball brief, very, very briefly. Um, but he might be he might be better suited to to catch on the wing and 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 go one to two dribbles and get into the paint instead of trying to set people up. He, he may be – obviously, he's not a great shooter right now, um, but but he can still uh, – he knocked down a couple tonight, and they, they look pretty good. And, and he's the type of guy, like you said, swing the ball, get, you know, get Davis bringing it down, um, you know, get it to him on the wings, let him get into the paint a little bit. And if somebody, you know, collapses, then dish it. But um, he's not bad off the one-two bounce getting into the paint area pull up some little floaters. So, 
I, I like it. I think it's a, it's not a bad idea. And, and hopefully maybe we can see that a little more and get Davis on the ball a little more. Um, but ultimately we've talked about it all year. I've said it, you know, multiple podcasts that we've got to get, you know, more consistent, efficient play from, from those guys. And, and I think everybody knows that it's not, it's not, um, any dynamite, um, analysis from me or you but until we get more efficient play from them and take better care of the ball we're going to continue to see these same results because the schedule is not getting any easier tech is tech's got great guard play old guard play but they're not great let's be honest and um you know at duke at louisville at virginia it's going to be a bear if we don't fix those issues and fix them quick yeah, you at least got to make the other team earn it. And when you turn it over, I was looking at these stats again. And I tell you what, these these big-time stat pages are great. I know how Adrian Atkinson does it when he's yeah. throwing together all his stuff. But when you look at just the the turnover percentage, I mean, Carolina's turning over tonight. They turn it over 27% of their possessions in the turnover. And they only score in 44% of the – you know, that's just, just not going to get it done. And – um against anybody and you're right the the experienced guards and the shot selection and all I mean you look at Alvarado eight for ten from the field DeVoe seven for eleven from the field I mean those guys take good shots for the most part they protect the basketball I mean even though DeVoe had four turnovers and hell Alvarado had three but they more than make up for it uh, in other ways. And that's where Carolina's got to figure it out. Roy Williams has got to figure it out. He was not pleased after the NC State game. I can imagine he's not very pleased. Now, what do you tell him? I mean, what do you, what do you go into your locker room? Because everything he said, he said it multiple times. How, how, do you, how do you alternate or switch up what you say to maybe see if it sticks? I don't know. I'm kind of in, to be honest with you, in the same boat with my my team. You know, you, you struggle at times to figure out what to say. I, I think the, the willingness to switch up lineups and to play different people um, is a start um, to get guys' attention uh, and continue to try to push buttons that way. You know, you got a couple ways to push buttons, the bench and the baseline or two that are, are um, you know, talked about a lot in the coaching circles. So, uh, I know he's uh, not averse to using the baseline as one. Uh, they they run quite a bit and have done so with, with poor performances in the past. And um, you know, the, showing the willingness tonight to to switch up that lineup and to play play a lot of people and to play some of those freshman big minutes. You know, um, you know, we had a lot of guys play a lot of minutes. So hopefully that can spur him on too, but I, I don't know. I know he's probably searching for, for what to say to continue to push buttons and continue to try to get, you know, get this thing turned around. Cause like I said, it's not getting any easier. And um, they just gotten way too much of a flow offensively. I mean, if you allow somebody to get to spots like they did and step into those rhythm threes, especially at, at their place, um, it's, it's obviously not good. So um I don't know. That's why he gets paid the big dollars, and that's why he's a <laughs> Hall of Famer. He, I feel like he'll he'll have an answer, and hopefully, um, he can get their attention and, and get it turned around. I, I trust him fully, and um, great staff, and, and and I think the guys um, hopefully will respond. Carolina, Syracuse postponed on the second at Miami on the fifth. Clemson in Chapel Hill on the ninth. And then that Florida State, which is never a fun trip. Carolina falls 72-67 to Georgia Tech down in Atlanta. 
Georgia Tech comes out of a halftime break and shoots the lights out and takes Carolina, sends them home back to Chapel Hill with a second straight ACC loss. You've been listening to the Inside Carolina Postgame Podcast. I've been your host, Tommy Ashley. That's been your expert, Michael Brooker. Thanks, man. Appreciate you joining me. We'll talk soon, Mike. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do averaging 29 and 11. God, shit. what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.